Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Former St. Louis Rams head coach Mike Martz. He is now with the 33rd team at the33rdteam.com and joins us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. Coach, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, man. How are you guys? Everything's great, and it's great to have you with us. And you put up a ton of material on the 33rd team. You, you have, uh, you're always thinking about football. You're always watching football. And I love what you're doing. Do you love what you're doing? I do. You know, it kind of keeps you uh, connected. Um, you know, I watch all the games as many as I can uh, during the the weekend. Uh, the league is changing so much; it's kind of fun to see what's going on. Hey, Mike, when you coached here, and specifically when you were the offensive coordinator in '99, I thought your demeanor during the week leading up to that first game against Minnesota was so serene and so perfect. We talk about athletes and coaches slowing your heartbeat. Number one, were you, was there a facade? Was your heartbeat heart racing that week? And if not, how did you slow your heart down that week? Never really thought about it. You know, I think uh, the biggest issue is. The preparation, um, you know, when you prepare as well as you can and you feel like you understand them and you have a great plan for them, uh, which we felt like every week, but you just don't think about it. And then you just have such great confidence in the players. I just never, I never, ever went into a game thinking that we weren't just going to beat the hell out of them, you know? <laughs> hey, Coach, Dallas goes into Tampa this weekend. Uh, Dak Prescott is tied for the league lead in interceptions this season, but only played in 12 games. Uh, how do you get him to limit those turnovers? Well, preparation is everything. Um, I watched him in that game closely, and I was upset because I really like him. I'm a big Dak fan. I was down there for a week and spent some time with him here a couple years ago. Uh, when I watched him early in the first quarter twice, he had guys coming open and he bailed and there was no pressure. Uh, th- then he missed throws that he just never misses. There's, he just mentally, there, he, the look in his face, he wasn't there. I, I, I don't know what's going on down there. I don't know what's going on with him, whether there's something off the field, but he was not Dak Prescott in that game. I suspect you know, there's some things going on there with the offense, too, in terms of, you know, they're trying to do what Mike wants to do and then the coordinator. You know, they're not what the coordinator did years ago, and they're not what McCarthy did, at the, you know, up in Green Bay. So it's kind of a blend of stuff, and I'm just not sure if they really have been dialed in like they've been in the past. And I know this, and you know this, too, that uh, a team, a good team that's been embarrassed, has never not come back and played their best football. And, and Mike, it, it's got to be frustrating, and especially as a, a guy with head coaching experience, it's got to be frustrating for a head coach not to be able to pick his staff. It's hard to really develop continuity, isn't it, if, if you have two different plans? You know, I've always felt that way, and it's, you know, I just think that you got to have people that 
you may not know these guys, but you, I hired guys I didn't know because of what I saw them do on the field and who they were and whatnot. So to inherit a staff sometimes is tough because they feel like you didn't hire them and you can go and they'll still be there if that makes sense. You know, they, it's, it's not any, it, and especially down there, you know, you just feel like uh, that's a bunch of independent contractors and Jerry's going to make the decision finally on everything. Mike Martz is with us on 101 ESPN. And, Mike, I, I've got a, a running joke here on the show that Sam, that an NFC West team had a handsome, likable quarterback wearing number 10 as a leg injury that knocks him out for the season, but waiting in the wings is an unknown number 13 that played college football in Iowa, ready to take <laughs> over. But it's the 49ers, not the St. Louis Rams of 1999. What have you, what have you thought of, of uh, Brock Purdy so far? Well, he's done a good job. You know, the biggest thing for quarterbacks, and I've always believed this, I, I, I really like those free agent, six, seventh round guys that have hung around for three, four, five years in the league, and they're just determined to make it. And first of all, they're good enough. But because they're not six, five, or th- have a cannon, or can run real fast and all that, all they do is complete passes, you know, and, and that's, they just have to be prepared for that opportunity. You know, and there's a certain grit to them. You know, whether it's Trent Green, whether it's, you know, Mark Bulger, or, you know, all those guys, uh, John Kitna that I've known in the past, and, of course, Kurt Warner, they're all, you know, but Brady's kind of the same thing. they got something to prove, and so when their opportunity comes up, they're ready, and I think that's where he is. Hey, Coach, you talk about a, a guy that has had grit and had to stick around uh, and is finally getting his chance 10, 10 years in. <laughs> Geno Smith making his first Pro Bowl, uh, taking the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs, became the franchise leader in passing yards. What have you seen from him and, and just his ability, as you said, to stick around and stick with it? That's a great story, and it just goes to show you, and you know this as well as I do, you know, the years that you've played is when you get the term attached to you back up, mm-hmm. it takes a career to shed that term, you know, and God bless him for having the, the sense of who he really was to keep him and make him the number one and let Russell Wilson go, you know, and I, I think uh, their judgment, I think he deserves a great deal of credit for that to give him the opportunity and trust him. And that's all it is. is you got a quarterback, as long as they're good enough, they just need to land someplace where the, they, they trust him and they believe in him. And I, that's sure the case up there. Hey, Mike, we want to ask you about a couple of the playoff games, but since the middle part of the season, Kerry has really liked the Detroit Lions and you write about how much you like the Detroit Lions. What do you like about what they were able to accomplish in the second half of the season? Uh, what, you know, you don't have enough time. <laughs> I, I think from a coach's standpoint, I, you know, you can't help yourself. I Just like preparing to play a game, I look and see the details of how well they're coached on defense and offense. You know, the pad levels, the footwork of the offensive line, the run keys by the linebackers, you know, the adjustments, all those things. They know how to run the ball as well as anybody in the league. And they change it up. They don't say, oh, these are our run plays. We're going to run that. No, they don't do that. They're multiple with their formations. They run the ball differently. And, buddy, they come off the ball and hit it in the mouth better than anybody in the league. And defensively, they had to get rid of the secondary coach here. It was a discrepancy between them and the quarter coordinator, evidently. But since he left, they've made this change on defense. And there's a, it just it's just probably personality more than anything else between the coordinator and him, and that happens. But now they're on the same page, and they're not as good as they need to be, but they're much, much better than what they were. Ancelone 
I've been pounding on the table for him since I saw him play the first game of the season. He is a rocket to the. You talk about getting through traffic and running guys down and fronting them up, and they've got some really outstanding young defensive players. The, the, their Achilles this year ultimately has always been in the secondary. They fix that next year, and you know they'll certainly be a team to contend with. Hey, Coach, I wanted to ask your opinion about the, the Cardinals coaching situation. If you were a new coach coming into that situation, knowing you have an injured quarterback, uh, probably going to miss a majority of the season, and we've heard, you know, kind of the, the history of what Kyler Murray is, what would your what would be your philosophy and your mindset going into that situation? I wouldn't go into it. Mm. You think it, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't take the job. No, I would not take that job. I think anytime you got a quarterback that you're paying that much money and, and he's got all the chips, and he, he's, he's controlling everything about that situation. That's not a good thing. The personality, there's, you know, I, I'd have to meet with him, sit down, talk to him for a long time before you could convince me that that's a good job to take. Yeah, there's another job that I was wanted to ask you about because Lovey, who you have a history with, gets fired after a year, after David Culley had lasted a year in Houston. It's amazing to me that teams think that a coach is going to be able to walk in and turn things around in a year. No, yeah, that's a yeah, and I think they that was a desperate move in terms of not that Levy's not a desperate move, but the fact that they didn't go through a lengthy process. And when you're a bad team like they are, you know, and there's seven jobs open, that's the seventh job that everybody wants to interview for. So all the top candidates are gone before. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you're getting you're, you're grabbing straws at that point. And I do believe this about the NFL: when they fire a head coach, they need to fire the personnel people too. Mm-hmm. They should be attached to him in the in the, in the contract, and and that that make things much <laughs> differently. I, I've sat in those personnel meetings, and well, coach, I tell you what, this guy can he can beat you with his legs. Can you throw the ball? Well, he's yeah, he's an okay passer, but he can really run. <laughs> was, that's great. That, that's great. So when we get fired because he can't throw any touchdowns, <laughs> you want to go with us? You know? Exactly. Well, no, I feel like that. I'm not so sure. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no doubt. I've been in those conversations, you know, and oh, this guy, this guy can, you know, he's really fast. Can't change direction, but he's really fast. That's not what I asked you. Can you change? The, well, you, well, he can learn. No, he can't. You know, it's just so all those discussions. You know, there has to be a, a commonality or a, a bond in terms of what you're trying to do personnel-wise between coaching staff and you know the front office people, and most of the time. It doesn't exist in teams that can't win. Right, right. Uh, okay, six playoff games this weekend. Is there a team or a game that really intrigues you where you say, okay, there's a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. I want to check that one out. Um, you know, not really. I, I just think that when the dust settles, I really believe that uh, Cincinnati's going to end up being the Super Bowl champion. But I, uh, you know, this week, I would, you know, if Detroit was playing, uh, my money had been all in on Detroit. Wow. Yeah. I felt like if Detroit got into the playoffs, they would go a long way. So, but the Bengals, and Joe Buck said the exact same thing. We had him on right before you, and he likes Cincinnati too. So we've got two experts that, that really like the Bengals. Hey, Coach, one uh, last thing. Monday is going to be the 24th anniversary of that game against the Vikings, first playoff game ever played here in St. Louis. I know that you and Coach Vermeil had determined that you were going to run the play that you did, the long touchdown pass to Isaac on the, on the first play. How confident were you that you were going to be able to score a touchdown on that first play? Well, I don't know if it was going to be a touchdown. I knew it was going to be a huge play. Uh, 
and in our in my looking at tape, I, I looked at it was a slot formation, and if you're in high formation in slot, they automatically brought the corner off the backside, thinking that any run to the tight end side now is going to be blown up, and you know you weren't going to block him in your protections. Well, I went back and looked at all the high slots and that it was true. I thought it was kind of silly, but so okay. So safety is going to be out of position. So we ran a deep post and a crossing post and we blocked everybody as they just throw it off the safety curtain. And, you know, we practiced it a number of times in practice and this is almost too easy, you know, but it worked out. It was awesome. That's still one of my favorite singular events. If you give me 10 seconds in St. Louis sports history of games that I've been at, I think that is absolutely in my top two. That and and David Freeze's home run, I think those are my top two, Mike. So how about Azakim and Tory Holt running down the sideline against the Broncos was, on Monday yeah. night? I, I, every year, a couple times a year, I put that on social media. I say, man, you don't think the fans here were great and we had a lot of fun? And your reaction to that was fabulous as well. So, And you got an event. We're going to promote your event that's coming up with uh, with Martin Kilcoin here in town to benefit the Alzheimer's Association. I, I love what you've done for them over the course of your time here in St. Louis, especially down at Wash U. And uh, Mike, we always like to hear your voice. We appreciate you taking some time with us. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me, man. Good luck to you. All right. You too. And we'll, we'll talk soon. That is uh, the brilliant Mike Martz joining us here on 101 ESPN.